I'm Dan Kurtzke. And I'm Chad Bokelman. And this is The Lantern Cast. Episode 140. Number 11s. Yes. The number 11s of all four of the monthly books. Whee! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's some joy right there, is that what that is? <laughs> Apparently. I'll call this a 50-50 month. Really? Oh, I actually haven't even thought about that. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I probably would, too. I have a feeling it's for completely different reasons than you. <laughs> I, I would probably agree with that. <laughs> Alright, so Chad, what... <laughs> why don't you start us off here? Uh, what, with Green Lantern? Oh, well, sure. Green Lantern. Yeah, sure. Alright, uh, Green Lantern number 11, The Revenge of Black Hand, uh, with, uh, let's see, we got, uh, Jeff Johns on, uh, as the writer, pencils, Doug Monkey, inks by Christian Alme, Keith Champagne, Tom Wynn, Mark Irwin, and Doug Monkey, and, uh, colors by Tony Avenia and, uh, Alex Sinclair. Um, this issue starts off, um, with Sinestro being essentially decommissioned as a um, indigo lantern and <clears throat> excuse me and it's uh, in the middle middle of his decommission it seems it's either a flashback um, it, it has to be a flashback of uh, him uh, and uh, Hal Jordan fighting side by side um, going up against some manhunters which I'm assuming can only lead into an eventual storyline of like a Secret origin, Sinestro kind of a thing. But anyways, uh, Sinestro uh, comes out of his uh, thing, his uh, his decommissioning process. Um, uh, asks what the hell's going on. Hal Jordan says, uh, "You're now in my custody." And by the way, they changed my ring, uh, so now you're no longer in charge of it. And then basically punches him in the face, and uh, just to make sure it worked, uh, and. You know, hey, while you were worrying about me, Sinestro says, uh, did you notice Black Hand's gone? So then they go down to, by the shore, discover that, uh, well, it appears that uh, Black Hand jumped and uh, is now back from the dead. Um, so we cut over to Black Hand, who is on Earth, taking out a Chinese restaurant just because, I don't know, he hates the food uh, or something. And all the occupants therein, and then rises or raises his family from the dead, his two brothers, his mother and his uh, father. And takes them home. Uh, as uh, this is going on, we cut over to the Guardians, who are notice, who is noticing a, another source, a second ring, uh, which means they're aware of Hal Jordan's ring, but not necessarily Hal Jordan. And a dark spot on their cosmic floaty map, which is basically the world of Nock. Uh, that you know, that's that's what they're saying. And then suddenly they see Sinet blink uh, blink away. And reappear in Korgar sector. Uh, and uh, we cut back over to Sinestro and Hal. They're on Korgar. Uh, and, you know, Sinestro says, don't mess with me again. If you do, I'll take you out. That kind of a thing. And uh, as uh, Sinestro and Hal are walking down, they're just kind of talking about, uh, you know, keeping quiet and, and, and just, you know, staying, stop being distracted, that kind of stuff. Uh, we cut back over to Black Hand who's, for some reason, eating dinner with his family, 
uh, even though he's dead too. I'm not quite sure why he's eating. Um, but anyways, uh, he says he's going to do what he's, what he wants now that he's home now and, uh, and start taking people out, kill as many people as he wants, as many ways as he wants. And once he's done that, he's going to raise them, his victims from the dead and they'll do the same. Uh, and then we cut over to Sinestro, uh, going into what Hal Jordan calls Sinestro's own personal Batcave, which is, uh, 70 square quarks big, which is 20 square miles. Uh, and, uh, there's a few things in here. You see, uh, a map of Korrigar, a green lantern battery, yellow lantern battery, a picture of him and, uh, uh, Aaron Sir, which he promptly shatters. Uh, and then in his safe, he has the Book of the Black. Um, as he's trying to figure out where Black Hand is and what's going on, he opens the Book of the Black, and we get a prophecy uh, in visual terms. We see um, uh, Atrocitus leading a pack of uh, Manhunters, uh, Jon Stewart getting zapped by some Guardians, uh, the new uh, Green Lantern that we will be seeing in issue number zero of uh, Green Lantern. Guy in some prison or on knock, I'm not quite sure which. Hmm. And a Red Lantern, Kyle. Uh, and after that quick flash, oh, and an individual wearing what looks like and actually is a white lantern ring. All we see is the, the hand. And uh, then we cut over, uh, and the book has transported Sinestro and Hal to the foot of the table there in the hand home. <laughs> that's that. The hand home. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll get to... Well, I'm sure we'll get to everything else eventually. But um, I wanted to kind of point out a, a lapse in continuity here. Do you guys remember where the uh, black central power battery showed up? Coast when it City. Teleported, yeah, when it teleported to Earth. Where, where specifically in Coast City? Um, cemetery? Uh, a cemetery which is in the center of which was the hand mortuary. <laughs> which uh... basically exploded <laughs> and, and then the entire... Battery came up from the ground. Completely forgot about that. And yeah. Then yet here is the hand mortuary, completely intact and everything's fine. <laughs> they lived there, right? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Maybe they, oh yeah, no. They it could even it. even has a who rebuilt it. <laughs> <laughs> even has a sign out front that says hand mortuary. <laughs> Oh, it's written on a grave. That's that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> How novel. Yeah. Um, what you call it? You know, I just want to point out that Black Hand is eating, but you know, yeah, okay, he's dead. But you can see why he would have an affinity for for certain types of food, because it's basically <laughs> dead animals. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this scene, Black Hand's doing a lot of things that don't actually have the 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 commonly accepted value like he <clears throat> like none of these zombies he he raised are like seem to be like intelligent or even conscious really they're like your your stereotypical zombies 
and he's just kind of like sitting around talking to them as if they're people, basically, which is actually my biggest problem with this issue. Because, <clears throat> like, the the idea, like, because that, that, that sequence of him, <laughs> him raising his family from the dead as zombies and bringing them Chinese food was great. I loved that. It was, it was darkly funny. I loved it. And then when I saw them, like, sitting around the table, I, I was like, I, my hopes were high. And But it ended up just being, like, an excuse for him to literally look right at the reader and say, this is what my plan is. I am going to do this, this, and this, A, B, and C. <laughs> Playing Exposition Fairy for, like, two or three pages. Instead of doing what they could have been doing, which was just take a few minutes just to get inside this character's head and through his conversation just really explore like his like mental relationship to life and death because i mean like this you can't tell me this isn't like a huge psychological symbolic thing going on here like he he <clears throat> got where he is by basically walking into this scene and murdering everyone at this table. And now he brought them back to go sit down and have a normal inner bunnies dinner with them. And he's even having like all sides of a conversation himself. And I feel like they just totally squandered this. I mean, it looked beautiful, but it's like, it, uh, I was disappointed. <clears throat> I thought it was good. You would. <laughs> I don't. I mean, like, here's here's my 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 you know feeling. Like when he, you know, gives his exposition on you know what his plan is, it's like, okay, well, obviously, that's not gonna work out for him. You know, I mean, like we know right off the bat that that's not going to happen. He's not gonna. You know, he's not going to kill everybody, and they're not going to kill everybody else. I, that's not going to happen. So what you can then do is look at it as, okay, well, this is the psychological state of this guy. He wants to kill as many people as he can, so then he can control them to kill everybody else. So, you know, it's like, okay, I'll tell five friends, and then those five friends tell five friends, and eventually everybody will know. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. That's what he wants to do with creating dead people. But yeah. then, like, the, the next thing that he says is, I won't be the outcast anymore, Father. Everyone will be like me. Like, that right there, that sums it up. You know, it's like everything that he does is because not only does he feel like an outcast, but, like, he feels like an outcast, like, not even, like, other outcasts. Like, he thinks he's, you know, completely, well, he, he definitely is completely unique in that he has just this obsession with death. And he wants to make everybody dead so that everybody will be like him. I mean, oh, yeah. It, it, that, it, and the last panel, like, it really goes to that point. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, while I, I guess you can interpret this as just, you know, going too heavy on the, you know, explanations and stuff, but... I mean, I don't know. I think it definitely plays a lot more into the psychological aspects. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, for me, like, it felt like the entire scene was very 
very surface level talking to the reader and then at the very end they gave us two lines that became like really like psychologically telling and that <clears throat> and why I wanted was almost the exact opposite of that hmm. um the uh episode where we did all the uh voicemails we did have a uh listener who was comparing Sinestro to Batman <laughs> yeah <laughs> And here, here we see uh, Sinestro has a bat cave. <laughs> Giant bat cave. Yeah. Twenty miles. It's even. It looks like it's got a, a rocket in there too. Yeah, with like Batman wings on it. Yeah, yeah, it definitely looks like Batman wings. Yep. Well, I mean, this is basically just like okay. Well, at any given point, if Sinestro ever needs something, you know, he could just come here and. <laughs> It'll be there probably. And oh, this. This also apparent, sets them. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. This, this also sets them up with a nice base of operations. If I don't know, some kind of third army should start attacking all the Green Lanterns. <laughs> you know, if that could ever happen, it probably won't. But you know, they already know that's going to happen. Nah, nah, it couldn't couldn't happen. It's impossible. And uh, apparently Sinestro was married to Arin Sir. Not just, you know, being with her. Come on, I mean, look at that picture. There's no way that that's not like a wedding thing. Yeah, it's totally a wedding photo. A yeah. unity ceremony. That's what they call it there. I'm making things up. <laughs> um, although I was I was looking at it, and that's that's not exactly a picture, but more of a, an actual, like, digital screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could tell by the lines on it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, because when I first saw that, you know, it's like, you know, Hal's looking at the picture and Sinestro blasts it. And it's like, how could you do that? Like, you have this giant picture that obviously means something to you. How could you just destroy that? But then I realized, oh, okay, it's actually just a digital screen, so you can just call it up on another monitor. He's not destroying the actual image. So, do we want to take this uh, prophecy thing instance by instance? Oh, let's. (laughs) Oh, come on, you love these things. Yeah, Eh, most of the time. (laughs) Who who are the two guys, uh, let's just start, I mean, because we already see the Guardians. The two two guys uh, in the cloaks. Last time we had a mystery guy in a cloak, it was a guardian, so I'm going to say more guardians. You know who I think that is? Oh. I think it's Hal and Sinestro. Ooh, maybe. Because we haven't really seen them at all in any of the solicitations. There's two people here. And then some other stuff that I have future knowledge about. They're not otherwise in this image, either. Mm Mm-mm. We think about Atrocitus leading Manhunters. That's interesting. It's definitely wonder, a nice, like, a nice yeah, like, thing you wouldn't expect to ever see him want to do. <laughs> hmm. Leading him against what? We don't know. Probably against the Guardians, though. It would be poetic justice if it was to scorch Oa. <laughs> Wipe out the third army. 
that too. <laughs> Are we sure that that's Kyle as a Red Lantern? It's yeah. He's got the crab mask. I mean, come on. What, who, el- who else would it be? I mean, well, it's either Kyle or Hal. Well, it's not Hal. No, that's interesting, man. Kyle becomes a Red Lantern now. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that interesting? No, it's not. I was being facetious. Because <laughs> everybody, everybody becomes a Red Lantern and then gets better a couple issues later. Yeah, I, like that. that's basically my point. It's like... When's it John's turn? <laughs> God. Yeah, it's... They can really kill some people. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's, it's almost like if everybody does it, then it, it starts to take away the specialness of it. It's like, oh, your turn. Time to become a Red Lantern. And that's a good point with, uh, you know, Guy being on Knock. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's what I... I mean, that's the first thing. I mean, I saw him in jail, then I was like, wait a second, I remember seeing bars, I mean, in, in a past story. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, they have the whole thing going on Green Lantern Corps right now, so I guess the idea of him getting thrown in jail isn't out of the realm of possibility or anything. But, like, the way they show it here is, like, he's behind, like, actual physical bars, and he doesn't appear to be in uniform or have a ring on so it's like wow yeah that's actually like his i think his is the most like bleak and interesting of these little vignettes here what about john getting zapped by the guardians yeah we know they hate him so i'm sure he'll get out of that <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll be fine they probably just start absorbing their guardian energy Maybe he'll become a guardian again. <laughs> or twice. And then the the gr- the great the great uh, white lantern ring. Yep. Yes. Who who do you think's wearing it? That looks like a human hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's kind of impossible to tell because the shadow from that bloody green lantern symbol is just completely casting it in green. So, hmm. maybe it's up ob- oh, maybe it's up and sir. Yeah. That, that'd be cool. Maybe it's black hand. Mm. Maybe. Or maybe it's Hal Jordan. Or maybe it's Sinestro. Or maybe it's Gantt. <laughs> no, it's not. Or maybe it's Starscream back from the dead. Maybe it's up by Aliapsa. Oh. oh my god. Uh, uh, Black Hand could go and resurrect Starscream as a zombie who will then come back to life with a white ring. Oh, nailed it. I think I think we're going <laughs> to see another Guardian by the time this, this whole thing is over. Yeah. I think we kind of have to. Um, what do you think about the uh, the the two panels of Hal and Sinestro in the past, the very beginning? Oh, <clears throat> them them fighting Manhunters. Yeah. yeah cool. I mean, you know, it's done for effect. I mean, I think that plus that uh, prophecy 
thing with Atrocitus is to kind of set up and foreshadow the Manhunters being used in the next story arc or whatever. Well, doesn't John still owe us uh, a, a Sinestro Secret Origin thing? That he does. happen it'll happen you got you got to wonder how many of these things that john's keeps saying or setting up that he's going to do that he actually remembers yeah like, <laughs> oh crap i'm never gonna have time for that i think he just okay. talks about stuff before he's run it by anybody <laughs> so he'll say things at a con and then like his editor will be like uh what <laughs> yeah you know, the thing that I thought was really interesting that I kind of glossed over the first time I read this, but when they're on Nock, planet Nock, like, apparently that's in Sector 2814. And realistically, oh. I, it, it should be, because that was Abin Sur's sector. Huh. That makes sense. You know? According to our map, he's in empty space deep in sector 2814. But there's something wrong. You know, they see the shadow, so there is a planet there. I don't know. Beyond this, like, I was kind of... I had a problem with the title page where it just says the Revenge of Black Hand and it has, like, the credits and everything. On first glance, like, it it took me, like, three seconds to realize it wasn't an ad because it's got it's got like it's like this weird like modern art kind of design on it the like the placement of like all the text and it has like different like copy all over the place it was like I like I looked at the bottom and saw Green Lantern standing there and I'm like oh that's a page <laughs> yeah that 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 particular thing doesn't change in issue 12 either oh good <laughs> yeah. yeah is yeah. there is there a design that I'm supposed to be making out here that I'm just not seeing. What, in the blood? Yeah. The blood and the black? The goo? No. It's just supposed to be a uh, top-down shot of his crime scene, basically. Yeah. Oh, okay. I like the note that Hal's like, wait, this isn't all blood, this is that goo, that Black Lantern goo. Yeah. Wait a second, <laughs> this isn't blood. This is ink. My God! It's ink from uh, Batman Beyond. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, overall, okay, I guess. Yeah. Meh. Yeah, it, I gotta agree with you. I was like, oh shit, Black Hands back. Things are about to go down, and eh, it was kind of a. Uh... It started out well too, but yeah. You know. And the cover is amazing. I love this cover. Yeah. I liked it. I definitely liked this issue. I thought it was... I thought it, it... I mean, the stuff with Black Hand, I don't think really added much to the story. <laughs> I mean, we kind of already knew Black Hand's state of mind. Um, it was done much better back in, what was it, issue 41? 43. 43. Yeah, so I mean, you know... Between that and flashbacks that we've gotten, like, okay, we've we've got a pretty pretty well established picture of Black Hand. 
So, I mean, that part wasn't really necessary. Um, it, it was an interesting effect for the overall story. Um, but what you call it, the, the part with uh, the indigo, you know, them changing Hal's ring. And another thing, oh, they, Hal makes a point of saying the indigo guardian, note not Tromo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that they're trying to play something up there. They're like uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's really easy shorthand for what he does, right? But he also he changed the <laughs> the relationship between rings. I mean, that's not something that well, it's not something Hal could do. And Sinestro could only do it because he created it. Like, are you trying to say, like, they're going to use Nostromo as a guardian going forward kind of thing? Or maybe he'll become a guardian? Or are you just talking about... I, well, I'm not... No, yeah, no, I'm not saying that he's, like, he's going to replace the guardians or, you know, do anything like that. But I think they're definitely implying his... <laughs> I guess his power levels and his like his threat level to the other guardians. That he's not he's not like a chump. He's probably not as strong as the guardians, but he's not a chump and you know, we can definitely expect something out of him in the future. Him and Sage and get him and Sage should team up, fix Gantha, and then all go to the Blue Lantern Corps. Well they could just team up Indigo and Blue. Yeah, I guess he doesn't so. need to just go there. No, he does. Um, yeah, but I mean, then you know, you have that the cool guardian scene. You you get the Indi- you know the uh, <clears throat> the Indigo's plan, what they're gonna do. Oh yeah, that's another thing. The guardians know where Sinestro is now. Oh well, yeah, yeah. So that's a big deal. That's not a good thing. It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> and they know that there's another faint ring next to him, but they have no idea who that is. So they still don't know about Hal. They still, as far as they're concerned, Hal's still chilling out on Earth with no ring. They have no idea. And he's still base jumping back at home. Um, and then we get to see Sinestro's Batcave. Yeah, so, and his bat, his bat plane. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's cool that he has the, the two batteries right there next to each other. So yeah. when, he, when he's like reaching into the pocket dimension... Like, we know that's where he's pulling from. Yeah. <laughs> he was not keeping his batteries with the keepers. <clears throat> I like to think that, um, that, um, that yellow battery there is basically his, uh, his nice, handy on switch for that central battery. <laughs> <laughs> well. Actually, the first thing I thought was, Man, I wonder if he got those through DC Direct. <laughs> no, the handle's different. Oh. That's... <laughs> Could it be a custom? Yeah, and the yellow one is actually a little larger than the green one, so... Oh. That doesn't really work out too well. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then you got the prophecy scene, and also you found out that the Book of the Black can apparently teleport you across sectors instantly. I think it's oh. because Black Hand connected to it. Sorry, Chad. Well, I, and and this is probably totally and completely off base, 
but there have been some. Uh, I've seen some other people who aren't that educated about the the Green Lantern mythos going up until now. There are some people who think, is it possible that this quote unquote new Green Lantern is actually John? <clears throat> no. Hmm. I mean, I, there are some people throwing that out there, and every time I look at him, I'm like, it could be possible, but I, I don't know. And 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 I gotta say. A good reaction when I first saw this image, I was like, oh, look, the Guardians are doing something to John. He's forgetting who he is, and look what he turned into. Like, because just, just taking that image, not knowing anything about the history or anything like that, Guardians are doing something to John. He looks like he's in pain, and in this particular pose that this new Green Lantern is in, he's, like, looking at his ring and everything, like, what the hell? Which, obviously, to us, could just be someone who just got a, a ring and is like, what in the heck is going on? Uh, but could it be John doesn't know what the heck is happening to him? I mean, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I can def- absolutely understand somebody thinking that. but Yeah, I mean, if you're... Well, I mean, at this point, like we've seen so many you know, solicits and... Uh, what do you call it? It was... Uh... I don't know how to pronounce his name on the forums, but Dowd. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he actually gave the translation of the guy's tattoo, which is mm-hmm. a Middle Eastern tattoo. They've said that he's a Middle <laughs> Eastern lantern. So, I mean, I'm going to take that on what they're saying and assume that since John Stewart is not Middle Eastern, then that's definitely not him. Right, I'm just saying that the that's what some people are saying online, and I can and by this particular image, I can get why some people may think that. I mean, I think it would be a cool idea if John Stewart decided to you know to change his identity a bit, actually wear a mask, and you know they introduced him as a completely new Green Lantern. That would be neat, but uh, that doesn't seem to be the route they're going. Okay. Uh, buy, borrow, pass? Buy. Yeah, I go with buy. Eh, pass. <laughs> a pass. A complete pass. <clears throat> yeah, because, I mean... I don't know. I think this was worse than an issue that's just completely bad from cover to cover, because this started really strongly and then took a nosedive. <laughs> so... I, my disappointment level was greater by the end. So, yeah, I just I I read the thing. I ended up being just kind of drained, just because I don't know. I wanted so much more. Oh man. You know, mine is um, it's a low buy, but it's a buy. <laughs> it's a borrow with oh. cheese. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Green Lantern Core 11? Green Lantern Core number 11, Alpha War. Uh, written by Peter J. Tomasi. Uh, art by Fernando, or pencils, I should say, by Fernando Pissarin. Scott, ha- Scott Hanna is the inker. And Gabe Eltiav is the colorist. Uh, no bats in this one. Okay. So, the Alpha Lanterns, Onoa. There are, the Alpha Lanterns are wiping the floor 
with every Green Lantern in sight who's trying to, you know, cover the escape of John and Guy. Uh, there's a lot more Green Lanterns involved in this fight than there was last issue, so I guess they, they had uh, some help coming. <clears throat> uh, the Alpha Lanterns figure that John and Guy are doing exactly what we thought they were doing last time, which was getting the hell off of Oa. So they track their, their ring energy, only to find that, yeah, they were tracking ring energy. It was constructs leading them on a wild goose, ca- goose chase. Mm-hmm. Wild goose chase. I wouldn't case. want to be on a wild... I wouldn't want to have a case of wild geese. That would be awful. They would get so mad in there. Um, so uh, John and Guy are actually... They went in the complete opposite direction. They're underground in that foundry where um, uh, they... Fa- uh, this is so weird to say. It's, they're in the foundry they found during War of the Green Lantern. You know, that, that place where they forge all the rings and it has all the Guardians' old experiments and stuff in it. That's where a guy found that awesome gauntlet that just hasn't come up again. <laughs> but um, uh, while they're down there, they're looking around and guy notices that, hey, all of these newly forged rings that should be out there finding new people to be Green Lanterns are just kind of trapped in this force field. What's that about? Huh. That's that's weird. Let's keep looking around. And, you know, they see, you know, Jim's favorites, the Scions in tubes. There's some Manhunters that are half-finished. <clears throat> some some Alpha Lantern prototypes. It's all, it's all very mad scientist down here. And John's like, you know what? He, he basically says, Guy, thank you for forcefully kidnapping me. And making me see that I probably shouldn't die. Uh, let's go kick some butt. And he, he he does something that looks impressive. And cut back to the battle. You know, it's going awfully. Everybody's getting tortured by the Alpha Lanterns. It's 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 terrible. Then all of a sudden, here come John and Guy, who apparently in no time at all. Combine every scrap of a half-done, half-cocked, cockamamie plan the Guardians had underground and made them into these grotesque cyborgs that I have to imagine long for death. (laughs) And they just lead them in this massive charge against the Alpha Lanterns. You know, they're basically, they're, they got the whole Manhunter thing going on. They're, they're repeating over and over again. Uh, no Alpha Lantern escapes the Manhunters when inside, I, I bet they're saying, I long for death, help me, kill me, I want to die. <laughs> so the battle kicks up some more. These things, you know, the Alpha Lanterns can't shut them down, or they're not as effective against them as they are against the Green Lanterns because they have a different power source and they're all weird. Um, <laughs> Salak, he's back in his cubicle actively calling every Green Lantern in the world to come and beat the shit out of the Alpha Lanterns, which is amazing. <laughs> um, you know, this whole thing is one big, awesome fight scene that just keeps pouring more and more Green Lanterns onto it. And as the Alpha Lanterns are destroying these 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 grotesque homunculi they like their pieces are just it's like amoeba they're like they're just like combining into like this giant mass and like right when an army of green lanterns show up 
there's this huge booming voice that says, stand down, no Alpha Lantern, escapes the Manhunters, and it's coming from, like, like, this creature. Like, imagine if Godzilla and Vaz had a baby that was the size of the moon and had 8 million birth defects. That's what this thing looks like. It's like the worst description of that creature that I could possibly it's, imagine. It's accurate, though. It is accurate. <laughs> uh, what do you think? <laughs> you know, hey, this is a, it was a departure from the courtroom yes, stuff. Yes. Did you like it better? I, you know, <laughs> when you gave the recap, I had to I had to say, you know what? It, it wasn't really a 50-50 month. It was probably more 75-25. Because um, this was this was so much better than, than the previous issues that we've been getting with just, yeah, the courtroom nonsense, you know, drama over and over again. Um, I mean, the art in this is fantastic. They go down to the, the foundry. That's cool. They they create some kind of magical beings. I, that That <laughs> makes no sense. Like that, like, like honestly, like you really just have to completely suspend disbelief to think that John and Guy are gonna like put together the pieces of these three races, and it's actually <laughs> gonna work. Even even if it just works for like a half hour, I mean, <laughs> they created a race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you basically have to just accept that that's magic. And, and go along with it. Meanwhile, the Guardians are just standing back, and they're just like, yeah, get the popcorn on. I want to watch this show. <laughs> like, I am not getting involved in that. <laughs> uh, I mean, Speak, what? Speaking of things that are completely plot device and completely magic, the the what John says while they're in the foundry, countless prototypes we barely got a glimpse of the last time. These miles of tunnels are filled with all their freaking mistakes. Mistakes of trying to build dot 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 the perfect warrior dot dot dot. What are you talking about? Says guy. Just thinking out loud here. <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> there was absolutely no reason for him to say that. Yeah. Uh, well, other than for the uh, writer to tease what is coming up soon. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did just build the, an army of the perfect warrior for this issue, now didn't they? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Godzilla Vaz Moon Baby. And not for nothing, the Scions are alive. And so is this thing. So, you know, I, I mean, that's... For, for, a, for a half hour. So apparently, like, these Scions <laughs> possess the ability to, like, merge into each other. Hey, listen, it's been a while. It's been years since we've seen some good cosmic surgery in this book. <laughs> That's irony. Prepare for cosmic surgery. Um, God. If I ever need surgery, I want to hear that as I'm going under. <laughs> you know, the, the Alpha Lanterns, you know, they're acting even crazier than they have been acting. <laughs> and But at least we have Barracks, who's uh, starting to question things. Yeah, that was a nice touch. Where, like, he makes a point of... Of knowing, like, he absolutely refuses to arrest any Green Lanterns just for trying to help other Green Lanterns. And how, like, 
he's the one who's trying to basically talk John and Guy into stopping. I think Varix is going to come out of this looking pretty good. <laughs> I'm kind of upset that we didn't get to see more of the Foundry. I thought when we got a, finally got a chance to go back there that we'd see something else we didn't see before. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah. yeah. Even if it wasn't something they talked about, just something we saw. You know, the one thing that I really would have liked to have seen in the Foundry... <laughs> just a member of the third army in the background waving at the reader hey <laughs> couple more moms <laughs> oh like like with the sitcoms like you're watching a sitcom and all of a sudden like in the corner like the coming attraction for like the future sitcom and they just pop up and they wave at you and they like, point at their clocks and it's like 30 more minutes yeah um, or have them, like, have them walking around in the background wearing like an like holding a sign that says the end is nigh or something. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, no, that would be hilarious. But no, what I was getting at was uh, you have the scions, you have the manhunters, and you have the alpha lanterns. Listen, I don't need a full panel, but how awesome would it have been as they're flying uh-huh. around? You just see just like one or a part or a piece of the fist of the the guardians. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> They only ever showed up that one time, didn't yeah. they? Or to see, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, what was his name? That dragon thing? Yeah, Shed. Yeah. I'm sure that will come into play very soon. Mm. Yeah. And hey, you know, the Foundry, like, like this is, like, I feel like the same way I, as last issue of Green Lantern. Like, like we know we are right on the edge of this third army thing starting up. And it seems like between the Foundry and Sinestro's Batcave, it's like right before that kicks up, they're reminding us or showing us, hey, there are these couple un- like secret bases, just so you're aware of it, because we're probably going to use those, you know? I mean, is that all we have to say about this issue? Pretty much. I love, I, you know, for somebody who just sits behind a desk, Salik, like, Salik in the last few months has been really, really entertaining. I, I love, like, every now and then, the, like, Boudicca will call him and ask him to do something. He'll be like, no, you, you'll, you'll like it, come get me. <laughs> and this time, it just cuts to him randomly. He's calling everybody and saying, get him, get the Alpha Lanterns, get him. So good. Um, what you call it? They're when they're questioning Kilowog and you know the rest of the the lanterns. Varix puts up a shield just as the horse dude <laughs> goes to fire and it like like smacks him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's just he's just like oh that hurt and nothing else happened after that. <laughs> he shot himself in the face. That's completely acceptable. <laughs> what they need is Alpha Alpha Lanterns to police behavior like that. No, they just need Alpha to protect the Alpha Lanterns, you know, from like, Power Rangers. From Zordon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> make him the White Lantern. They're protecting justice. That was an awful impression. I know. <laughs> you should feel bad about yourself. Oh, oh, that's that's my best alpha impression. Uh, I don't need you guys trying. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> God, I can hear Chad's disapproval. Hear it. Hear that silence. So what do you think? This, I think this is absolutely a buy. Yeah, borrow. Yeah, I would say this one's a buy. Hi, Borrow. You ever wonder if the Guardians get sick of watching everything in blue? <laughs> Can they see other colors? <laughs> do they know their whole deal is green? Do you ever think they miss not being on, like, the ground? <laughs> they basically live in the sensory deprivation tank. Yeah. They're just angry because they're not with reality anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they're angry because all their stuff is still back on Maltus. Yeah. Ah. All right. Okay. Jim? It's time. <laughs> now it's time to go and die. Yeah. <laughs> As you said that, what popped in my head was M-I-C-K. Yeah, no. <laughs> that was the tune that I was going for. <laughs> like lightning strikes, it just illuminates. Like a Mickey Mouse standing outside your bedroom window in the rain holding a giant knife. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't what I was going for. Uh... Okay, Red Lanterns, number 11. We have Peter Milligan and Miguel Sepulveda. I guess uh, Miguel is doing uh, pencils and inks. And then colorist Rain Burrito. Um, Yeah. So we have Bat and Rain. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, this one has a last name. That doesn't count. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, So we start this issue. Guy Gardner and a couple of other Green Lanterns are flying to uh, Ysmalt. Wait a second. Why are they going to Ysmalt? Like... You know, you would think that the Green Lanterns would just stay away from there, even if you wanted to help. You take three other Green Lanterns and you go to Ysmol. Okay. You got half a sentence into your synopsis. Yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> listen. I didn't choose to do this book. You didn't. Yeah, not you did. Choose, you didn't not choose it. <laughs> so yeah, they go to Ysmol to try and help the Earth Red Lantern. And they find that the planet is basically dying, and the power battery is uh, pretty much completely dead. Um, the power battery looks nothing like a power battery, but we're supposed to take it that that is the power battery. Then we 
click over to Zamoron, where the Red Lanterns had a, like, I guess they were flying to attack the Star Sapphires, because I, I don't remember if this happened in the last issue, but, uh... <clears throat> you know, it, 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 didn't. it didn't. Like, that's, that's my favorite part. <laughs> my favorite part of this issue is the fact that their whole stupid invasion that had no reason for it whatsoever already failed by the time we opened this issue. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. So apparently the Red Lanterns were going to invade. We didn't see that, but we found out that they lost, and now <laughs> all of them are being held in um, uniquely designed restraints designed specifically for each of them. I guess they have a, a metal worker that whipped these up, you know, really quick just so they would fit everybody's arms and feet really good. Shapeways. <laughs> Shapeways, yes. Yes. <laughs> Zamoran Shapeways. And, you know, even though there's, let's see, what do we got? Three, six, seven, seven Red Lanterns. Uh, Fatality is the only Violet Lantern watching over all of them and questioning them. Um, and they go back and forth on this whole thing. It's like, oh, well, you know, you claim to be from love, but you were pretty violent out there in that battle that the reader never saw. <laughs> and, you know, Fatality's like, love can save you, and it can save all of the female Red Lanterns. <laughs> and Zalius, with Zalius Ox, is yeah. like, hey, wait a second, why is it only chicks? What about us dudes? Save me! Save me! Uh, that, was, that was pretty funny. Uh, then Bleez breaks out of her magical chains, and uh, they start fighting because Fatality was once a warrior. And they're just fighting, even though they were teamed up like ten minutes ago in New Guardians. Uh, now they're, they're fighting. So... Oh, God. This, this is horrendous. Now, Bleez decides to share her blood with Fatality <laughs> so that it'll bring out the rage in her. And uh, then we click over to Rancor, who's... He's having flashbacks of the the battle. We see two panels of it. That's all we get from this, this giant battle. Two panels. We get all the predictable uh, Star Sapphires in the battle. Miri! Yeah. And, uh, and the unknown one with no face. Ugh. Rancor gets knocked out accidentally by one of his fellow Corsmen. And he's just kind of floating <laughs> in space alone. There's nothing as far as the eye can see. And he can basically see light years. There's nothing. So he's pretty much convinced that he's going to die. Uh, Atrocitus is still on his mission to find Zabismus, and he goes to he goes to a few planets. Finally, gets to one where there's some really bad dude. And in order to find out where where Abismus is, you know, he slits his throat, dumps his blood on the ground, and asks the universe where he is. <laughs> and and when that doesn't work, he spills some of his own blood because you know that should help. And um, and the universe lets him know, oh yeah, um, 
well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where our business is. He's right behind you. And you turn around, and there he is, a business. And he looks like, he look, to say he looks nothing like a business <laughs> in the previous issues, like, it's two different characters. It is straight up two different characters. It's like, what is this guy, Rene Guedes? Uh, no, Miguel Sepulveda. Miguel, Miguel Sepulveda basically designed a monster and said, I'm going to shoehorn this character in any way I can. So we basically just got rid of previous business, created a brand new one that uh, was given to him as a present by the Guardians to give him back what he lost, which is his ability to feel feelings and empathy. So obviously, if you want to feel empathy and feelings, the best body you could possibly have is a hideously grotesque, deformed monster body. And uh, they start to battle. Um, meanwhile, back on Zamoron, uh, Belize and Fatality are still fighting. So Fatality creates a crystal around them. And then within the crystal, the, the effects of rage are starting to wear off a little on Belize. And Belize starts like talking normal. And, and Fatality is like, well, I feel rage too. And Blaze is like, no, no, that doesn't work. You know, you can't, you can't go to rage. And then, even though you can see right through the crystals, Valia Socks <laughs> makes a point of saying, "Which is which? I don't know." And um, oh, and Rancor decides, you know, he basically just starts flying in a given direction until he finds dead Red Lantern bodies. Um, which that's that's lucky. That is definitely lucky that he just pick the right direction because you could go in any direction in space and like if you're off by like a degree you could miss it by like light years but no he finds the entire pack of red lantern dead bodies and he decides to follow the trail to try and find abysmus because i guess that makes sense and that's it and then finally we're we're done with this well you forgot the part where abysmus Care Bear stares streamers and confetti at Atrocitus? I didn't really forget about that. I was looking right at it when I said they go at it and fight, and didn't really <laughs> care beyond that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he shoots silly string out of his chest. So the page where uh, Blee's crazy spider wings um, break the crystal dome thing? And didn't actually yeah. break Okay, no, no, no. I'm talking about a continuity problem in this book that is continuity problem within one issue. Um, look at the the design of the crystal. You see how the crystal is all like a patchwork kind of crystal? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now I want you to turn back a few pages. Yeah. And see that Fatality and Blees are seemingly in a, in a crystal <laughs> that uh, doesn't appear until later on. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it is when it does show up, they're like, where are we? Oh, we're still on the same planet. <laughs> like, I, I, I assume that, but what what's the... <laughs> Wait, what? All right. 
the the page where Lee's like for no apparent reason slits her wrist, walks up to Fatality, and Fatality just kind of lets her dump her blood into her own blood. Oh. <laughs> oh right, yeah, they are in the crystal. <clears throat> And then that doesn't appear until later in the history. Right. And, and just while we're one page away from this particular moment, I thought I'd bring it up. What does go stick your love mean? I, I think it was basically just like, go shove it. Yeah. You know? Go stick it in your butt. Go, go stick your love. Period. <laughs> Which you it? You know, something... Something that I really picked up on, and, you know, and hated, was the fact that <laughs> while they're in the crystal, Fatality is like, I should have saved my planet, but but it was destroyed. She stutters. She stutters when saying that. In the middle of a fight, she doesn't stutter saying anything else. No, nobody does. But she stutters when she says, but. <laughs> what is that? That's, that's the Red Lantern blood she just got dosed with. Like, it's just it's starting to, like, but, rattle but, her. But, but, but it was destroyed. Yeah. God. That's, like, the biggest deal in her entire life. Come on. I know, but, like, she, you know, she makes these claims that she's a warrior. You're fighting here. Like, to you know, like, almost like fighting to the death <laughs> kind of thing. Ugh. The page where, Sin, uh, where Abysmus plops down in front of uh, Atrocitus. He snatches up Skalix and steps on Rage Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> Just, oh god, awesome. Poor Rage Kitty. <laughs> I can just, I, I just, I, I wish there was like a, a, a sound effect thing right there, just like a ram. <laughs> <laughs> So now this is the body that they gave him as a reward. <laughs> Don't you like it better than his last one, though? <laughs> no. no. No? Really? Like, I honestly? Thought, I thought you would think this is an improvement. Well, I mean, I didn't like the last one, but like the fact that it was just like this heaping conglomeration of parts that was completely... You know, it had no rhyme or reason, but it was basically just shit that Atrocitus put together to build to make a Red Lantern. I mean, like, it wasn't visually appealing, but it made sense at least. Now with this, it's they basically what does it make they created the Lizard Hulk Ram. It's like a Lizard Ram Hulk, and his brain is showing. But he's wearing Panthro suspenders. And he's wearing Panthro suspenders. <laughs> this this doesn't make sense. And then he shoots he shoots silly string out of his chest. Atrocitus. When you say it, it sounds dumb. Oh, oh. Alan Moore could read this out loud, and it would sound dumb. You know what my favorite part of this comic was? The end. I bet I know. Cut. The cover. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Way to go, Ed Bennis. 
That is a beautiful cover. <clears throat> um, I like the art throughout this. I, uh, I mean, I with, the, with the exception of the, the weird central battery, oh. With the, I mean, that is a, they did a really good job of showing um, Yasmalt as like this apocalyptic end of the world planet. Like, I mean, look at the first panel of the book where it, it, it looks like it's like gonna shake, it's shaking apart from space, and then you look at it, it looks like hell. <laughs> um. Okay, well, I'm not going to give him a lot of crap about the Red Lantern power battery because honestly. Like, you know, I've brought that up before, and, you know, I, people have mentioned, it's like, that's the editor's problem. You know, like, the editor should know that, you know, he should realize that that's not what a power battery looks like. It's basically just a sign. It's like, you know, welcome to Red Lantern Town. <laughs> that's, that's the Red Lantern. Yeah, yeah. That's the Red Lantern billboard. That's not a power battery. And then the very next page... You get the violet battery, which just looks like a regular Green Lantern power battery. It doesn't even look like like a central power battery at all. So I mean, like, like aside from that, there are certain things about this art that you know, certain things that I really like, and certain things that I didn't like. Like uh, when he's drawing Red Lanterns and like you know the dark gritty stuff, it does come out pretty good. Um, I think I think it was probably the work of the colorist that some of these things look fairly, you know, like basically too much Photoshop. But a lot of things that he draws, I, I do like. But then when you get to like and everything that happens on Zamoron, it just looks so stark and barren and boring. And it's not pretty to look at. It's not fun to look at. It's you know what it looks like. It looks like the Fortress of Solitude. Exactly. Uh, only in pink. Mm-hmm. And and all these harnesses that they have, you know, I made a point of pointing it out. It's they're all different. It's like they've created a harness specifically for each one. I mean, like you can't just come up with a harness like a like a special energy harness or whatever. That keeps them all in place. That that literally took me out of this comic. Like seeing that, like, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. Like each one is very specifically, completely engineered differently. Hmm. They don't even hold the, the prisoners the same way. It's like <laughs> it's almost like the Zamorans got a whole bunch of like you know binding equipment from like different races. At like you know super cheap prices, it's like oh we need to bind these people you know go go look through the basement of, of binding units that we have <laughs> and, and see which ones fit these people closest. Oh, and I like and paint our symbol on the back of it. I like how um uh, what's his name Ratchet is basically just in a giant net. <laughs> yeah. The, st- the story was was really bad, and then which you know, they they fatality of all of all the star sapphires, you put the one that actually has dealings with with Blees, like the the one that could possibly get along with her in the future, you put her up against Blees, and 
nobody else. You have seven Red Lanterns there and nobody to back her up. Like, what what sense does that make? And they, like here, they clearly point out that any females are welcome to join and absolutely no males. Which, out in space, when you have, you know, the, the concept of male and female is fairly nebulous when you talk about, you know, various species. You know, like, if you have a species with no gender, you know, does that make them definitely not compatible with Star Sapphires? Up until now, they have never specifically come out and said, oh, well, if you're a guy, you can't be in the Star Sapphires. It was implied by the fact that there were no men, but they never specifically said it. And in this, they make a point of saying it. <clears throat> yeah, they played it, but they played it for laughs, though. Like that's this wasn't them giving us like a hard like saying like this is our hard and fast rule. This was them trying to make a joke. But that's the thing, like for something that's never been established as a hard and fast rule, they basically just. They use it as a throwaway line to make a joke. Yeah. That's fine. Um, Props got... for the absolutely beautiful Batgirl statue, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just really like that statue. <laughs> this guy still does a really good job of drawing Atrocitus, though. Like every I time... hate his atrocities. What? How can you hate his atrocities? His little neck thing that comes up around his head is almost as big as his head itself. <clears throat> At least his head looks like his head. Well, yeah, but it, it's it's kind of inconsistent in this book. Especially from the last issue where he actually drew like the craters on his head. This time it's smooth again. Eh, I don't even remember. Um, There's this one panel where, like, Skalix looks like... Well, actually, a couple of panels where Skalix looks really wonky. Hmm. Like, the panel where... You see the panel where Atrocitus is holding up that dude he's about to kill? Yes. With the coat of lips? Mm Mm-hmm. Which he's not even wearing? Yeah. Um, Well, he didn't say he was wearing it. It just had it. Like, it was in his closet or something. Yeah. Uh, just below that, Skalix's, like, snout is, like, really long and thin, and then the very next page, it's, like, it's much, much bigger, much whiter. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I mean, this is, it, this is one of those where, like, each individual panel, like, each individual drawing of Atrocitus, I think, looks great by itself. Like I didn't pay, I didn't like I didn't sit here going like all right let me let me look at the size of this and compare it to the proportions of this one and let me go back to this page over here like if you hadn't said like like for the proportions are different I never would have noticed it yeah I mean just reading it from from page to page like I guess I also look at things you know I, I step back and look at the whole page and you know and you, you just you notice things like it. it what, what actually made me notice it was that on the page opposite where he's just holding up the bad guy, uh, Trosses is like the, the page where the panel where he's like ripping his neck out. You see Scalix there and it's like there's like no shading 
it's almost like it's a half-done drawing of Skalix. You know, when you look at all, like, the, the shading and shadow on Atrocitus and this, you know... Mm-hmm. This dude uh, from the zone of the six tyrants, whatever, you know, they're like they're all like very you know well rendered and whatnot. And then you have Scalax, which is just like you know, like a pencil sketch that just happened to be there. I, I mean, like, I I still think that he is a good choice for a Red Lantern book because <laughs> I think he does the Red Lantern stuff very well, but like. God, just don't have them go to Zamoron again. Because everything there was just <laughs> depressing. Yeah. I mean, that shot Chad mentioned before of Blee's busting out of the, the Crystal Dome looked awesome. And actually, for the moment where, for some reason, she pulls her bat hood off and she just has, like, a person head, like, I, like, I want Blee's to be the next one to get a new costume. Like, I... Like, she looks better without that stupid thing on her head. I agree. I've, oh, also, and the one... Th- also, the, the coloring on Zamoron is really bad. <clears throat> yeah, Zamoron, like, they didn't really care about. Yeah. Like, I love, like, I love, like... Like, the whole package of how they do atrocities in this book. Like... Every time he's on, like, every time he's on panel, it's like, everything about him is just dripping with anger. Like, his facial expression, like, the, the blood and, like, saliva coming out, like, out of him. Like, like he's just yelling, and, like, look at all the stuff that's, like, dripping off of his mouth and out of his eyes and all this shit. Like, it's, it's so intense. <clears throat> You know, there is one thing about this book I like, and um, it's the the all the Red Lantern corpses floating in space. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that they're all like deteriorating. It's because basically what happens when you become a Red Lantern, your heart stops and your blood is replaced by this napalm blood mixture, and essentially, this is probably what would happen. They would burn from the inside out. <laughs> Yeah. You know? Yeah, well though that those two pages were done very well. Though that those were done very, very well. Yeah. Two pages that were not and this is my biggest complaint about this book, is a two page spread of of uh what's his name? Jimmy? Looking at the void of space. Oh Jack. Yeah. Because it's very much like somebody Googled space and then drew a picture of him and then transposed it onto the bottom of the Google picture. And this is the kind of shot that could be really, really grand and, and just like have a lot of, of impact if an artist just really just goes to town on it and just goes nuts and has has fun just drawing the universe, you know? But it, it, it loses everything when you just cop out and grab a photograph. Yeah. I, to be mm. fair, I'm pretty sure there's a, like a Photoshop 
uh, add-on where you can create something like this very easily so that it actually does look like it's a, like an outer space like picture that you would see on Google. <coughs> oh, yeah, no, you know, maybe there is. But, but it, it looks you know exactly what? like that. They should not use right. it. Because, like, the entire, like, it, like, the entire point of this moment in the story is, is look how gigantic and epic and intimidating space is. Like, look at what this looks like and feel small. And it doesn't carry any of that. Um, hmm. But, uh, bottom line for me, I, <laughs> I really, I really did not like this issue. Um, I, I thought it was, it was kind of painful to have to get through. <laughs> this is a pass of the highest order. <laughs> like, even though I know what this, the end result, you know, that they're going for for this story, you know, with the... It's either, you know, they're going to figure out a way to fix the Red Lantern battery, or it's going to be done, and they're going to figure out some way around it, or they're all going to die. I mean, like, I know that those are the, the options, but by the same token, it's like the the issues that, have, that are leading to the end of the storyline are so, like, mishmash, hodgepodge all over the place, like, just random things are happening, you know? Which, I mean, I guess you can say, it's like, oh, well, they're Red Lanterns, and they don't think cohesively. So they're just doing random things. But, I mean, still, like, you have to tell a story. And it's not a good one. It's just, it's not good. Hmm. You know, the one thing that I thought was really funny is, after we had that, that, in, that uh, argument about you know, whether or not there will be four issues of Green Lantern being published in, like, you know, two years, three years, whatever. Honestly, if it means they're going to keep on putting out this Red Lantern book at the way that it is, is, you know, the same quality, the same kind of stories, I hope, I hope that there's not four issues. I kind of hope that Red Lantern gets canceled if, it, if it's going to keep on going like this. And that's the first time that I've said this. It's like, I've always had hope that it would get better, it would turn around, you know, that it was leading towards something. I'm kind of convinced now that it's not. It's not leading towards anything. It's just, you know, what's his name, Milligan? is just making it up as he goes. He may have some kind of slight idea what he's doing, you know, where he wants to go with it. But overall, it's just, these are not stories that I want to read anymore. I, mean, I I definitely think Milligan deserves a little more credit than that <clears throat> because something that that's present in this issue that's been present in a lot of the issues as we've gone through is that he keeps like this degree of symmetry with the characters where like you'll have characters in different places that are essentially struggling with the same kind of conflict but in totally different ways according to their personality like usually it's rancor and Atrocitus having to both having to deal with, you know, the loss of what makes you yourself and what does that mean you are now kind of thing. Like with him, like with Rancor struggling <clears throat> to not lose his grip on his humanity and become a monster. And with Atrocitus 
losing everything that he's built as a Red Lantern and like what's that going to mean for his future? And in this issue, it's um, it's the whole like like well the the book's titled Love and Hate, and it's the whole like like the whole like the Belize fatality confrontation and I forget exactly what he said, but there's some like dialogue between abysmus and atrocities at the end there that kind of like mirrors that whole situation a little bit so like i i'm not gonna go so far as to say that he's he's just making up as he goes like he definitely has like these these very solid ideas in his head of what he wants to do and the kind of things he wants to say with the with these issues and he presents those things without like being us over the head with them keeps them like a little subtle and i appreciate that but it's it's still, it's not equaling a final product that I really want to read. And, like, yeah, I, I absolutely do believe Red Lanterns will be canceled probably within the next year. But, I mean, it's one of those where, like, I think it's a it's lasted this long because Johns wants to use all four books in this next crossover. I have to imagine that, you know, people are buying it because it's a Green Lantern book. And John's is, you know, like you said, you know, he wants to use it for the crossover. So people are thinking, it's like, oh, well, I have to read Red Lanterns in order to, you know, be able to read the whole crossover. <clears throat> Although now that they're actually saying that that may not you know, be the case. Like, you, you might not actually have to read Red Lanterns. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe the end is near. Hmm. Oh, we forgot. <laughs> there was, like, two panels of a ghost attacking people. Like, for no reason. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I <Pass>. put this. <laughs> <laughs> Mega pass. I, can we do something more than a pass? <laughs> Burn it with fire. Cancel the book. Oh, please. Let it die. I would put this as like a pass and a half, like halfway to being a borrow. Because I feel like while it's not as good as issue ten, it's still a lot better than before. Miguel Sepulveda came on. But yeah, still a pass. Yeah, pass, 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 pass. Pass, 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 pass. wonder if there's somebody out there that writes down all of our scores. <laughs> I highly doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so. Now there will be. <clears throat> okay. Shall we go to New Guardians? I suppose so. Uh, Green Lantern New Guardians number 11. Uh, Tony Bedard writer Tyler Kirkham. Yay. Penciler. Uh, <laughs> inked, inked by a bat and colored by Nay Rufino. Uh, this one we open up with uh, the uh, color core on one of the moons of Okara. Uh, waiting to gather up their ranks and, and uh, you know, go attack uh, Larfleeze as... You know, Saint Walker's like, you know what? Larfleet is totally responsible for what just happened on the on the the mm -hmm. Blue World and or, or, or on to Odom rather. And 
fatalities like oh come on you don't know that and he's like no i do and um uh you know Arkello's like a proud papa slapping him on the back for having such fire in his belly quote unquote then uh monk and blees come fighting slash teleporting in uh as kyle says hey chill out i told him to go get you uh, now let's, uh, now that we're all here, let's go get Larflees. Uh, cut over to Okara and, uh, Larflees' house, and he's like, hold up a sec, uh, there's something wrong here. I'm, I'm missing one of my collection, uh, of orange lanterns. And, uh, Sade says, hey, uh, Glomulus was discorporated and popped out mm-hmm. of his ring. Uh, Glomulus is home, and, uh, and, you know, Sade and Larflees have a back and forth and and say, you know, hey, it was your idea to keep me like a pet. And here's what happened to uh, Kyle and basically exposition uh, going on for a little bit. Cut back to the uh, various lanterns cutting their way through the jungles of Okara and then rumble, rumble, rumble. Bam, there's Larflees. Uh, and, you know, hey, we know the ring thief was you, Larflees. Uh, hey, it wasn't me, uh, and, and I told you to make uh, kill Invictus, not cut a deal with him. And you know how how did you know about that? I know everything my constructs know. Um, and then suddenly and without warning, you turn the page and a giant fight uh, erupts out in between them. Uh, everybody's going against everybody, and uh, we cut back over to uh, the edge of the Vegas system where uh, Invictus's solar system sized ship has uh, entered the Vegas system outside of the planet uh, Rello or Aelo. I don't know. Um, and uh, he's announcing to the current residing world of Aelo that uh, you're all sinners. It's time for you to die. Powers up, sucks some energy off, I'm assuming his son or from within himself, uh, and literally destroys the planet. Then he turns to his left and plucks one of the planets off the solar system, which is supposedly New Aelo, which is, a, I guess, a planet he created or something to that effect with similar residents that he doesn't uh, see as sinners, uh, and and replaces the destroyed planet with New Aelo and moves on to do the rest of it, which I'm assuming makes up the remainder of the planets attached to his solar system ship. He... I'm assuming we'll, again, assuming we'll be replacing all the planets in the Vega system. Um, on that note, we cut back to Okara as uh, everyone's going up against uh, Larflees' uh, constructs and Monk's desperately trying to tap into various powers around him and, you know, get rid of the, uh, the uh, constructs. And... Um, Nothing's working until Kyle suggests <clears throat> tapping into Avarice itself, which he does, uh, and that finally works. So they're like, you know what? No, stop going after the constructs. Let's go after uh, Larflees. And then Larflees knocks Kyle to the ground. Uh, Glommy tries to um, Glommy tries to protect Kyle, and then Larflees takes him out. And then everybody gangs up. It's about time to go against our uh, uh, Larflees. They all go against him, and then all of a sudden he's begging for Sade to protect him uh, and says, now, wretch, damn it. And um, suddenly Sade freaks out and says, shut your rancid mouth. And 
blows her top and reveals the fact that she's the one who stole the rings. Uh, and, you know, Kyle, of all people, should know why. And it's time to execute Larfleet, says Fatality. But suddenly, uh, they look up in the sky, and there's Invictus's uh, solar system-sized ship, uh, presumably there to do what he just did to that planet a minute ago and take out Okara and replace it with new Okara, which, by the way, is a planet we did see previously in one of these issues uh, as a part of his ship. Yes. I have to say, new ALO sounds like a soft drink. (laughs) Sounds like kind of like a candy bar. I am so happy to see Tyler Kirkham back on art. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say something that I don't think I've said in the last 11 months. Okay. I love Tyler Kirkham's art. <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah, I think this is the this is by far the best work he has turned in on this series. Like in every issue we've talked about, it's always like for me it's always been like like yeah it's okay but there's always this one panel or this one page that looks really great in here i felt that i felt that way basically the whole way through like not everything but like like it just it was just better to me than what i'm usually seeing from him yeah i thought it was you know just as awesome as all the rest <laughs> has been um what you call it? The thing that I have to definitely point out, um, Tony Bedard, I think he does an exceptional job at writing Larflees. Yes. Uh, you know, like, <clears throat> considering that, you know, John's created the character, so anything that John's puts out with the character is gonna be pretty, you know, pretty much true to the character. But Tony Bedard, like, you know, him writing this character, I felt like, I felt like Johns was writing, was writing the character. It's like, it was so true to Larfleeze, I thought it was, it was really well done. I'll take that a step further and say, this is true to the first time we saw Larfleeze. Like, this takes, like, so much about this issue takes me back to that first Agent Orange storyline in Green Lantern right before Blackest Night, except this is good. (laughs) And... And, like, cause like, look, it's like this group of lanterns comes to Okara looking for Larfleas, and they get ambushed on this like explodey planet surface by this army of constructs they have to wade through, and then they're confronted by Larfleas, who's who's like he's big, he's mean, he's super imposing, he's incredibly powerful. Like this is this is. A way we have not seen Larflees in a very long time. He's been mostly like the goofy guy you chuckle at every now and then. I, I mean, Chad, I think you made a point of saying at some point, like, you forget that this guy is insanely dangerous and has the power of an entire core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said it a long time ago. But, yeah. Uh... I, I, and again, out of the four that we've, we're covering tonight, this is my by far my favorite issue. Yeah. Uh, although I cannot, uh, you know, go in blinders on this and not point out the one mistake I did notice. Uh, Kyle says 
we needed you here, and Monk's the only one of us who can teleport. Yet, a few issues earlier, if you remember, Kyle somehow made it to Odom, and then when he showed up on Odom, who came swimming out of a little teleporty portal? Fatality. Yeah. So, I think I think we've seen in this in this series alone that not monk is not the only person who can teleport <laughs> so that's a that's a little mistake that we've seen yeah. well i think i think that was like wasn't that like like kind of them doing like exiting hyperspace or something or their transluminal flight or whatever they call it it could be that or uh it's completely possible that if you're on the planet Zamoron then you have the ability to transport out to a planet that needs you, you know, needs you. Uh, you know, we know that they have that that emotional tether, you know, the, the love tether thing. Yeah. So I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily know that I would buy that as her teleporting on her own with her own powers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and if she doesn't love. Um, please then you know it's not like she's going to be able to get to her that easily so i buy that uh you know the actual the the one thing that kind of made me say huh was the whole you know you have the weaponer here and oh god it's always it always goes back to the weaponer with me Hmm. you know you have him apparently now his White Lantern hammer and shield combo does work again. After, after <laughs> la- last, what was it the, the last time that he was with uh, Arkillo, and they're just kind of like rooting around the sewers. He basically has the most powerful weapon, like of, of all time. It's a White Lantern construct that he can keep on changing into any weapon that he imagines. He should be the most powerful of of any of them. And he creates drills with the thing. You know, it's like, oh, oh, let me work on this battery a little more. Make sure it's working properly. It's like, oh, I I need to repair my watch. Hold on. That's what I'm going to do. And he's basically, he's just, he's this just there. He's along for the ride, chilling out and enjoying himself. And Kyle is just like, sorry, Weaponer, your deal's got to wait. And he's like, you know, goes on about his other stuff. Now, you remember the last time that Kyle interacted with Weaponer? <laughs> I don't think that they were really, you know, like, you know, on great terms. You know, especially the kind of thing where it's like, you know, so your deal's got to wait, buddy. It's like, that's, that's, that's how it's like, you know, it's like, you know, hey guy that's, that's teaming up with, with us right now. It's like, I'm going to forget all about our history and how you kidnapped my girlfriend at the time. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe since he's not with Sora anymore, he, he just doesn't care. Rose before hose. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious how, like, he just looks up. He's, he's, like, working on, like, a laser gun. And he's just using a power drill on it. And he just looks up like, what? <laughs> God. I think my favorite thing in this whole issue, uh, when Larflees first shows up, and he's like, I know everything my constructs know. Look at Glomulus. 
I have never seen something more um, mentally and emotionally destroyed than, than Glomulus in that panel. constructs are going after you know the new guardians and glomulus is just like <laughs> he creates a little shield so that he doesn't get hurt and he doesn't have to hurt anybody else yeah oh my god it's like he's made of crying it's so sad <laughs> <laughs> he's made of your tears <laughs> now i wonder if when monk harnesses uh avarice I wonder if he's destroying those constructs for good. I don't know. Well, what I wonder is, like, when Larflees destroys Glomulus, does that mean Monk can bring him back? Huh. Ah, that's interesting. Chad doesn't care. But can anybody bring him back? You know, something else I just realized I don't really enjoy particularly about this comic. Sage, like, full one-page outburst, you of all people should know, and then a very abrupt cut from that to, hey, I want to know, too, we should take out Asian Orange, though, but wait, we also have this Invictus thing happening, and cliffhanger scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. Three cliffhangers <laughs> just before the book ends. You want to know why I did it? I'll tell you why I did it. Oh, wait. Before you tell him what we did, what he did, we should kill Agent Orange. Okay, but before we kill Agent Orange, we should probably stop that thing from destroying this planet. <laughs> <laughs> See you next month. <laughs> no, I like that. <laughs> you, you just like finally getting the, uh, the confirmation that it was saved all the time. I, I do all like long. that. But I, th this issue was terrific. This was just a it great was. issue. Yeah. I, and and once again, once again, we see a bad guy Care Bear stare somebody, except this time it's marginally more dangerous than what Abysmus did. <laughs> As it blew up a planet. <laughs> I, uh, this issue reaffirmed in my mind, like, if I'm ever going to have Tyler do a commission for me, it's going to be a LARP, please. Oh, yeah? Yeah, for sure. Well, it would definitely have to be a Star Sapphire fatality for me. See, I, I was just thinking that the only other one I might even consider is fatality. Does it bother you he draws Sade like a guy? Yeah, it does a little bit. <laughs> I did notice that. And, I, and, and it doesn't necessarily bother me. But the fact that I know with what you're talking about without even having to turn to it, uh, it's something that I did recognize. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that mask doesn't help. Her costume definitely does not, uh, doesn't help. Hmm. It's like, you know, I mean, like, I know... I know the top is there to accentuate her chest, you know, and the bottom accentuates her, you know, her legs and everything. But it's just like, yeah, with 
with the that the the helmet hat thing that she wears, it's it's so awful. We were talking about Sade. Yeah. Right? Oh, Sade. Yeah. I thought you were talking about please. Yeah. No. no. I was like, oh. I was like wondering, you, was like, like why you, you said she looked like a man. I was like, are you talking? <laughs> are you taking time out to oh. notice Sage chest? I mean, like, what is happening? You have a weird fixation. <laughs> oh no, I thought you were talking about please. And I'm like, well, I don't really think she looks like a man, but I don't like that mask on her. God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, Sage. Well, I always, I always just uh, attributed that to the fact that, like, you know, she's just being completely drained and corrupted by Larfleys. All right. Why not? Oh, you know what I would probably get from Tyler Kirkham if I had to get like if I had to get a sketch from him. <laughs> that sounds awful. Man, please. No. Well, if I could get two. All right. But I would get him to draw Glomulus. But give Glomulus, like, six arms and have each arm be holding something funny. <laughs> it would be awesome. Because that's, Glom- well, that's what Glomulus does. He shows up and has, like, like really ironic tools for whatever's going on. <laughs> well, what, what if you have Glomulus and then on each hand he's got a hand puppet of each of the other New Guardians? I like it. That's a great idea I just had. Oh, <laughs> uh, that double page flash of all the orange lanterns fighting each other, or, or fi- fighting the the other core. Mm. The uh, the weird Pokemon looking lantern fighting monk. <laughs> I just know. <laughs> I just noticed that. <laughs> really? Oh my god. Yeah. I actually have I have a sketch of that from Philip Dan. No, 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 no. I'm talking about what it's doing. It's just got it's got this big grin on its face and it just opens up and just kind of vomits all over a monk. Somebody needs to Photoshop up a cover for, like, Pokemon Orange or something and use this thing. John, that's your homework. I know you're listening. <laughs> oh, my God. I lo- On that same page, like, I love, you know, because, like, this, <laughs> this book does so much better reinforcing Fatality as a warrior than Red Lanterns did by just right. saying, by the way, I'm a warrior. Mm. Because, like, like, in the... Well, at, like, first at the beginning of the issue, she's standing there talking. There's no weapons in her hand. Then as soon as, like, as Monk and Bleed just burst onto the, the scene, she turns around and instantly is armed and ready to fight. And then on that two-page spread, the instant this battle starts and everybody's just starting to get going, she's already murdered her first bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's... So far ahead of everybody else. And this 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 book brings up something that we've never actually considered before. What is? And I don't think I can't remember us ever talking or you two ever talking about this on the show. What are the orange lanterns? Do they 
have their own personality and memories and everything, but are puppets of Larflees and he knows everything, or are they just constructs that unless it, you know, unless Larflees, you know, see, like what? It, what is their whole basis? Yeah, it's uh, it's basically an after image of the person, so it retains parts of the personality. Um, and to some extent, probably, like, you know, <laughs> some of the memories, you know. I distinctly remember making the uh, comparison to when you press some silly putty on a comic page, and you pull it back, and you have, like, a little copy imprint of that page. Well, mm-hmm. imagine the silly putty is orange energy, and the comic page is your soul. Hmm. Basically, the you know how like it, we call Glomulus basically orange Slimer. Mm-hmm. It's kind kind of literal. Like they're kind of the ghosts of his victims, which just kind of serves to reinforce how powerful this, how powerful anyone wielding the orange lantern and, and ring are. Yeah, because I mean it's one thing to create constructs, but to have an entire army of constructs that all have their own individual personality that are constantly around, you know, that kind of a thing, that's that's a lot of power. And he, and he can make them come and go with a literal snap of his fingers. And it was, who was it? Was it Lex who made, Lex Luthor who made the uh, comparison during Blackest Night to... Uh, Agent Orange's battery and power being the closest of all the lanterns to mirror that of the Black Lanterns. Oh. I think I remember Lex oh. saying something about that during during uh, his fight with Larflees, when Larflees mm-hmm. is like, "Give me back my ring," and then Larflees or, or Lex is like, "In case you haven't noticed, your power is the one that most closely resembles the Black Lanterns." That does sound familiar. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> I love that shot of Invictus standing on his tower from really far away, right in front of the sun. So this really plays with like, like the the deep black silhouette stuff. Now, is that power coming from inside of Invictus himself, or is he standing in front of the sun and kind of like sucking the power from behind him and channeling it through himself? Uh, just B. Because if you look at the page where he's actually shooting, like the panel before he shoots, there's like these solar flares reaching out off of the sun. It's like that's going, that's like hitting him and he's like focusing it. So bye. Bye. Also, we I ha, we have to talk about Nia Rafino here because her co- like her color work is always awesome. But here especially like when the two pages where Monk is trying every every flavor he can think of, like it's it like she just plays with the lighting so effectively. And like especially that panel where it's like close up and he's channeling greed and it's like like the way, like the orange with like the tones of red in it, and how it plays off his skin tone, and like the depth it gains from like the different shadowing. Hmm. So good. Okay. <laughs>
And uh, we should also mention that uh, the uh, next um, issue of uh, New Guardians will be the last issue for Tyler Kirkham on yes. this series. So, yeah, this is definitely, definitely a buy. It, it took till the end of his run, but he won me over. <laughs> God. Now, hopefully he doesn't throw it all away with issue 12. <laughs> yeah, there'll be somebody yeah, else I... for you to hate. Yay! I think I think I kind of want like a recreation of the uh, from Tyler Kirkham. I want like a recreation of the uh, Red Lanterns eleven cover, except instead of Fatality and Blees, Fatality versus Larflees. Hmm. I think that'd be like the ultimate commission to get from him. But that doesn't have hand puppets. Although no, but he could have Blami in there. Yay. And if he wants, he can go ahead and throw in that uh, awesome Orange Lantern construct we saw in issue three take down the Guardians that just came smashing through the roof. <laughs> that fire devil thing. Yeah. Oh, you don't want the Pokemon that vomits and is a radish? No. You've already got Glommy. You don't want nothing to take away the uh, the glory that Glommy brings. Nothing can take that away from it. Glommy might need somebody to carry his stuff. You know, so, like a roadie. He needs a roadie. Listen, listen. I like... I like also how we never we don't call uh, Glomulus uh, Glomulus anymore. We just call him Glommy because oh, of this comic. We're that close. We're that close with him. You know, we we should really have Glomulus on the show. With that with that Pokemon, <laughs> that Orange Lantern Pokemon, his uh, his orange vomit is super effective. Uh, <laughs> uh, awesome Pokemon humor. That joke is a. Pass. <laughs> You're a pass. You're a pass. You're a pass. Wasn't that a movie? Euro trip. Oh, uh, yeah. And what else? Should we not review but talk about uh, JL Justice League 11? We could. Uh, we've kind of done this almost. We've, we've, <laughs> we've done this almost every episode, anyways. Yeah, it's been a few weeks since I've read that one, but. Me too. What happened? Oh, is that the one where, like, um, you know? They go to Nanda Parbat? Yeah, well, not really, but <laughs> kind of. Sort of. And we find out that yeah, that, that dude with the ghost powers. Yeah, I'm not sold on that guy. Me neither. I love I his like... costume. He looks creepy as all hell. Yeah, it, he really is. It's like, I... I... I'm more interested in the interplay between the team members than I am in anything going on with the story. Yeah. Which, I think that's what's supposed to be going on, because, like, that's what Johns has been doing with that book since the end of the first arc, where, like, all the action stuff was, it was all implied, and, like, we were just, we were coming in right before or right after the big fight. And the focus was on the team as characters. And that's, at least for me, like, I've really enjoyed that. It's like, now, it's like, I don't know, I'm just not really connecting to this new villain. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of... Mm. I don't know, the, the villain part is kind of boring. Everything else is interesting. And I thought the way, where they... I guess, are, are we spoiling JLA? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so the way that they left it with Steve... Mm. Was it Steve... Uh, Trevor. Trevor. I wanted to say Steve Tyler. <laughs> Marrow Smith. Yeah, no, yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> God. Steve Trevor is a ghost. So he's either dead or near death. Hmm. And uh, have we heard at all in the main Green Lantern series that the the piece of Hal Jordan's history of his uh, father dying in a plane crash that's that's still canon. I would imagine oh, that still counts. I mean, I know it does, but if if we haven't heard it since the New Fifty Two launch, this is the first New Fifty Two mention of that still being a part of Hal's history. Oh yeah, mm. that's 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 a good point. The thing I liked was how um. They, somebody called out Hal as not seeming to take things seriously when he's with the Justice League. And he basically says, like, look, you don't know all the crap I go through with the Green Lantern Corps. Being with the League is like being on vacation. So I kind of, like, uh, puts Diana his... Uh, called him out. Yeah, and I kind of put his... his Because uh, he's been... He's been written... like Not like he's a different character, but he's definitely been written, like less mature in Justice League than he has in Green Lantern, so that kind of makes it make sense. Mm. I like how Aquaman is kind of take <laughs> charge in this. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and the... I mean, like, if, if even if the the JLA aspect of it is boring... I'll just keep on buying that book for the Shazam story in the back. Yeah, it's still pretty good. I, I you think that's going to be its, its own trade at the end, or do you think it's going to be like a backup tale in the trade, the next trade edition for Justice League um, that contains these stories? Well, I would imagine that after what they're going to do a Shazam issue zero. No, they're going to do yeah. a Justice League issue zero that just has Shazam on the cover. Oh, is that what they're doing? Well, well the yeah. the issue zero is going to it's going to cap off the Shazam backup story by giving it the full issue to do its thing with. Oh, are they going to spin a Shazam series out of that? I think he's actually going to join the league. Oh, that'd be cool. I mean, I just don't. I don't know. If they're going to have enough, a high enough page count to collect it all in its own volume, like I, I honestly can't remember what they did the last time they had co-features. Like if they collected them in their own trades or if they lumped them in with something else. Hmm. But yeah, it it all yeah, depends on how many issues they made. Because sometimes it's a trade, sometimes it's like mm. like a prestige format kind of not prestige format, but like just like an oversize. You know. Yeah. Right. Like how they were reprinting some of the storylines recently. Yeah, I I think it's uh, I think 
it'd be cool to see Shazam as part of the league and the other one. And I know that the book hasn't been selling well, but I will be picking up issue zero to see the new changes. Uh, but I think Firestorm needs to become a part of the league too. That probably would term- help them. Yeah, just as in terms of power and in and as you just said, Dan, you know, helping out the character himself. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because it from just looking at like the covers and stuff for upcoming issues, it looks like Firestorm is going back to kind of what he was. Person. Yeah, like the brightest day version, uh, quote unquote, where it's like it's Jason and Ronnie sharing a body, and that body looks like classic Firestorm. So like. Are, yeah. Would you go back and give that book another shot? or I will be picking up issue number zero. Uh, I am keeping track of what is going <laughs> on with Firestorm via um, uh, the Irredeemable Shag and uh, Rob Kelly's podcast, uh, Fire and Water, um, which is Good show. Uh, it's a great show. It uh, features all, all things Aquaman and Firestorm related by the two guys who host the uh Firestorm fan and uh, uh, Aquaman Shrine uh, websites. But um, anyways, um, with basically I think what's going on is there was a mention in one of the more recent issues of Firestorm that the Firestorm protocols, which I did read issue one of uh, Firestorm when it first started and then promptly dropped the series afterwards. Um, Basically the idea is Martin Stein uh, came up with these protocols that basically like bombs kind of things that you just kind of pop the top and it's like a nuclear fission kind of thing that transforms them into firestorms um and it's split between ronnie and jason and that's why they had two different uh firestorms uh for each of them and what's going to happen is there's uh, apparently there's this other canister essentially out there and uh jason apparently has this conversation with a kind of uh, apparition of Martin Stein and says something to the and, and, and Stein says something to the effect of uh, you know open one firestorm protocol and have such and such a powers but open two dot 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 you know and, and I think that's what's going to lead into what you're seeing on the cover of number zero for firestorm is a <laughs> is a is a merged version of uh, of the, of the two in one body, but because of the of, of a secondary exposure to these firestorm protocols, and which could wipe out the other firestorms, it, they could still be there. And just the Ronnie Jason combo is now the most powerful of them all. I don't know, but I issue zero is it's going to be, and and maybe issue thirteen afterwards will be my chance uh, that series chance to win me back. Well, if not, then you've always got the Phantom Stranger and Pandora at the World Cup. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, did you see, Jim, the cover to Phantom Stranger number two has Pandora on it, and they're flying at each other, and there's just a soccer ball just floating in the ether, and it's very blatantly a soccer ball. <laughs> what? Here, hang on. Let me get it. <clears throat> Uh, 
Where is the window? There. <laughs> yeah, and the the blurb that goes around along with it explains nothing. There's no reason for a soccer ball to be there. <laughs> she looks an awful lot like Voodoo. Uh, oh, not Voodoo. Um, oh God, who's that one from Wildcats? Uh, that girl with the swords. And the red stuff. Yeah. I think she, she's in, um, uh, Grifter. Y'all still reading Aquaman? Yes! Yeah. Such a good book. It's, it's, it's definitely picking up steam. And, and, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what's happening. Have you seen the solicits for upcoming issues? Uh, the I've seen like that amazing Ocean Master cover. Yeah, that one. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. I love Yvonne Hayes. Yeah. Frick, every time I read that book, I'm like, oh yeah, that's my favorite DC artist. <laughs> you know, he may or may not be moving to Justice League. That would be awesome. Yes, I'm just worried that 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 uh, Aquaman might suffer for it. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, like the like the creative team is what brought so many people to Aquaman and got him this level of notoriety and success. So, like, what happens? It's that question of like, okay, what happens when those two guys leave? On the other hand, like, if they could get, I think it's Rod Reese, the guy, the inker, who uh, mm-hmm. he drew the Mira issue, issue like six or something of this current run and it looked great. It looked a lot like Evan Hayes' work and it's just ugh. He, I would lo- I would absolutely take him as the, the artist of this book going forward. What the hell is this? Hmm. That's Zealot from Wildcats. Oh. Does she really need a link that long? Yes. Uh, I guess she has similar face dealies. Yes. Hmm. Similar face dealies. So that was the issue 11s. Yep. Yes, indeed. Okay. Oh, and and Wonder Woman. Everybody read Wonder Woman. It's a great book. I'm keeping up with it in trade, so good. I have to wait. I have to wait a little while, but oh well. And I'm sticking with Green Lantern. You poor son of a bitch. I got the Omax off cover. That's, that's, yes. that's pretty much why I'm sticking with just Green Lantern. So I am a poor son oh. of a bitch. Yeah. Chad, did you read Omac yet? Yeah. Wasn't it so good? It was pretty great. It was. Keith Giffen doing his best uh, Jack Kirby. Yes, and Dan DiDio can write! <laughs> Gives me hope for Phantom Stranger. Unless he used it all up. And he's like, guys, cancel this. I got nothing left. <laughs> you, you know, you know why? You know, I'm happy about Phantom Stranger now, uh, even though I know who's on the art, is because my reaction is the exact opposite of Adam Murdo's on Comic yeah. Geek Speak. He said, uh, 
he uh, thinks that the art. Apparently, he knows something about the artist. Uh, uh, basically, that the guy doing the art for Phantom Strangers is the guy who did the art for uh, Plastic Man and Green Lantern. That one oh, shot thing. I uh, uh, but apparently, Adam Murdo says uh, knows something about this guy's history uh, in comics and says he's perfect for a Phantom Stranger book. And I tend to trust Adam. But the reason Adam's not picking it up is because Dan DiDio is writing it. <laughs> Which I'm giving Dan DiDio a shot because I liked Omax. So and now I'm now I've got more faith in the series. So hooray! <laughs> nice. You should if you see him at a convention, uh, Dan DiDio. If you see him at a convention, you just give him a huge hug and say thank you, thank you for taking a writing class. I'll give him a huge hug if he uh, somehow brings, like, Ragman into uh, the Phantom Stranger book. Yeah. Oh. Or hell, put, put him into Justice League Dark. It would make sense there. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Ragman, uh, Ragman's creator passed away this past week. Yep. Mm. Joe Kubert. Yeah. I almost went to his school. Really? Yeah. It's an art, it's a comic art school in New Jersey. That's that's one of the first places we looked. Why, why did you, uh, why did you pass on it? Oh, it's, it's one of those where, like, I figured it would help being in New York City already kind of thing, since that's where, like, no matter what art school you go to, whether it's, like, in Jersey or Philadelphia or whatever, they all tell you, yeah, most of our business our students get work, like, in New York afterwards. So it's, like, having that access early on. And plus, plus, like, when you're a high school kid trying to make sense of what you're going to do for college and your future and shit, like, the Cuber School is super intimidating. Because <laughs> it's, it's one of those where, like, you know, we went on that, like, they, they, they do the whole, like, the tour where they show you around the place and they show you different classes, summer in session. The one class had, like, two people in it because by that point in the year, everyone else had either failed out or dropped out. <laughs> and it's, it's one of the, like, you're going to start with your typical college class size, and by the end, you're going to graduate with, like, four other people yeah. because that's all that made it. And that was, like, that was, like, that that shook me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, CGS just recently re-aired their inter- one of their old interviews with Joe Kubert, and that was an impression I got from that interview is that he he didn't mess around with that school. Yeah. You know, oh, and and by all and the, absolutely, the, the, if you make it through, you're gonna be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, what you call it? Uh, over on uh, Gutters. Scott. Co- Sorry. Go ahead. Well, on Gutters, the comic. Uh, Neil Adams actually wrote um, or drew that that issue for this week, and it's I guess people that have come from the Joe Kubert school because uh, the, the the concept is, is legacies, and from the school you've got uh, Andy Kubert, Adam Kubert, his sons obviously, Dan Parent, a uh, really popular Archie artist, Rags Morales, Tom Rainey. Um, Tom Mandrake, Steve Lieber, you got Alex Malev, Alex Stevens, Stephen Bissett, Dave Dorman, 
and a bunch more. So, I mean... You know, uh, there are two other people uh, I know of, at least, um, that went to uh, the keyboard school. Uh, Scott Collins and um, uh, Rob Kelly, one of the co-hosts over on uh, Fire and Water, uh, the guy who does Aquaman Shrine and does his own comic now called Ace Kilroy. Yeah. He's, he's a graduate of the keyboard school, too. Cool. Yeah, I've always heard good <laughs> things. It's so it's it's so funny. Whenever someone talks about a school, they always make the same comparison, and it's completely true. Where like, like the freshman housing is in like this big old mansion, and it's a comic book college. So it's like it's like you're going to the Xavier School. Uh, <laughs> and you didn't go to the Xavier School. No, and you know what's funny is like one of um, one of the classes that was in session that they lost walk around. Like the whole class had to like recreate like a page from a sto- from this existing comic, or they had to work off a script, or I forget what it was. <clears throat> but I was walking up and down these 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 rows of desks because this is a class where there are still people in it, and. They were all drawing a page out of like a Silver Age Green Lantern issue. So, so like it was this page. I have no idea what issue it's from, but it's it's um it's a story where like like Tomar is on an alien planet or something, and you know his rings out of power. So, but the and the enemy's in the air. So he like rips his shirt off and reveals he has wings and he flies up and he kicks the crap out of the bad guy. Yeah, um, just a cool little story. Um, and you know, and not not that great since he's he's gone now. But uh, I've been trying to get a lot of various issues to create various different binds that I want and. Um, one of the binds I'm going to create is essentially a uh, Ragman omnibus, huh. and I was missing the original five issues of the first appearance of Ragman in his first series, so I ordered it off of eBay, and it came in the mail on Saturday, <laughs> the day right before uh, Joe Kubert passed away. Man, so it was, it was kind of cool to have have. You know, and sit down and and read and soak in those comics of one of my favorite characters created by Joe Kubert, and just kind of have a nice you know <laughs> experience with the man's work the day before he died. Yeah, and he's done and, so much. Like you probably read stuff by him even if you don't realize it. Uh, there is a good book out there I've already got on order. Uh, it's uh, a biography uh, by Bill Shelley. It's called Man of Rock, a biography of Joe Kubert. And it, it gets really good reviews on Amazon. So if anybody's interested in, in Joe Kubert's body of work, you should definitely uh, buy that biography. Yeah. So I guess we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so at lanterncast at gmail.com send us an email or if you'd like to send us a voicemail 708-LANTERN you can go to our website lanterncast.com there you have links to our forum our Facebook page gallery, Twitter you name it, we got it So, uh, or if you want to go on iTunes you can just do a search for lanterncast there 
and subscribe to us. That way you just automatically have new episodes downloaded directly to your computer. Uh, and uh, we also have individual emails if, uh, if Dan said something that you especially agree with and you want to get in contact with him. Dan at LanternCast.com. Uh, I have one at Jim. Chad has one at Chad. James, our producer, has one. And Jason, our program director, has one as well. But mostly, if I've said something that you especially agree with, email Jim and rub his nose in it. I just delete that stuff. <laughs> hey, is James back in, like, home now? Or is he still somewhere in the globetrotting uh, at this space? At this point... He's probably on his way back home or will be within the next couple of days. Okay, we should try and get him on for an episode soon. Just catch up with him. Yeah, well, once he gets back in Ireland, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. The uh, the internet was not that reliable in some of the locations that he's been in, so... Yeah. That's the only reason yeah. he hasn't been on. That would be cool. And uh, just before we sign off, keep your eyes on the uh, Lantern Cast feed because there are some exciting things coming. Yeah, just he he means it this time. <laughs> I, I I do. I am I'm uh, I'm working on some stuff, and there's some other stuff coming as well. So yeah, I I'm apparently not allowed to say anything. Nope. But yet. just back me up at least. Oh you know. no, you definitely have things planned. <laughs> Whether or not they're exciting, apparently. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I don't know about exciting, but definitely interesting. It's like they're sure planned, <laughs> but they're exciting, right? Yep, planned. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, I have things planned as well. Yeah, your baby. I have things beyond the baby planned. No, there's, There's nothing, nothing beyond, beyond the baby. baby. <laughs> awesome. Listen, if I can scratch up any time, <laughs> then I'll, I'll have some You won't. Plan. You won't. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Good night.